Welcome to Searching for the Question Live. Uh, this is an AMA episode. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. And of course, it's a little bit of a trick because uh, if you were to ask me something that I didn't think I should answer, I would just ignore it. Uh, and that is what naturally happens. Our information exchange can neither be perfect nor can be completely transparent. But at the same time, we can see at each time what is the right balance in terms of the depth and the breadth of information transfer. And uh, uh, there are already uh, questions uh, coming in, both on the various platforms where you are uh, watching this episode, as well as uh, on the specific page that I set up and that I will show you both uh, um, for reading and answering the questions, as well as uh, to illustrate uh, some tools and processes as we uh, frequently frequently do. So, um, thank you, uh, T. Um, I am not going to try to uh, pronounce your name. Uh, I assume it is uh, Vietnamese, and uh, Vietnamese is a beautiful and very difficult language. There are many tones, many sounds, and I would love to learn it more. And uh, <coughs> T is um, complimenting my, my library, uh, and uh, it is uh, actually going all around my, my study. You are only seeing uh, um, a little part of it. Uh, as a matter of fact, it is a green screen, but the photo that I'm showing you on the green screen is the photo of the real library behind the green screen. I like uh, these uh, crazy interactive uh, 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 parts. And thank you for telling me that Hien is your first name. And, and thank you for allowing me to address you with your first name. Um, so, uh, let me show you the, the, the platform uh, that uh, I, I set up. Uh, my website, uh, davidorban.com, uh, that you are welcome to visit, is uh, based on WordPress. And I always like uh, crowdsourcing information. Now, having a list of questions uh, that uh, are coming in, or observations like uh, Hien, who is telling us that he's from Germany. And Hien, thank you for watching. Feel free to ask a question as well. So crowdsourcing is, is absolutely fine, but crowdsourcing is not enough because the crowd can be unruly, indisciplined, or actively disruptive. The crowd can uh, be a problem if there are not systems to nudge it towards constructive uh, directions. So one of the things that uh, works is, of course, the system that itself allows the best things to come forth. And the simplest is voting. So voting on questions uh, is something that you can, you can do. And uh, you can uh, do it on uh, uh, davidorban.com slash 
searching for the question live slash AMA. So if you go there and you vote on the existing questions, the most relevant, most important, most urgent questions will be uh, there first. And you can also ask your own question or add it to the tally of questions that can be voted. Uh, at the end, when you submit your votes, it is a little bit confusing because I didn't have the time to personalize the page so that it wouldn't say submit your answers. In this case, the entries on the poll are themselves questions, but please don't be confused by this uh, uh, little, um, little incoherence uh, in the semantics of the system. So, before we go uh, to the questions on the page, because I want to uh, give you time to, to go and uh, read and vote and add your own, why don't I uh, take some of the questions that uh, come from uh, uh, the uh, various platforms uh, where people are following uh, the show. And you know that uh, I am simultaneously streaming to Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Twitch. So whichever is your favorite, it doesn't matter. Um, Emiliano is asking, uh, what was your first computer? So uh, when, I, when I grew up in Hungary, uh, the computers were, um, of course, uh, still electronic brains that people would keep uh, in air-conditioned rooms and uh, only a priesthood of wide-clad uh, specialists uh, would be allowed to, to go and touch them. Uh, but uh, the, the, the first personal computer that, uh, that I owned was a ZX80. Uh, then I had the, the ZX81. Uh, the 80 was white, uh, the 81 was black. And um, uh, I am sharing uh, a Chrome tab, but why don't I try to switch over to another tab uh, quickly and show you the ZX80 uh, image uh, on, on Google. There you go. So what I will do is uh, stop the screen share of the Chrome tab and start the screen share of the Chrome window instead, which will be a, a, a little bit uglier uh, because uh, you will see my um, tab bar and the uh, various extensions that are visible here. You see that I opened an incognito window so that you wouldn't be bothered by anything that hangs around in my browser normally. But I actually enabled some um, extensions in the incognito mode as well, because yes, I do want ads to be stopped and I do want uh, articles to be saved. And I do want um, shortcuts uh, to be saved as well. Probably there are other extensions uh, that are there too. So back to the question, the ZX80 uh, uh, is uh, what I had as my first computer. And then uh, 81, which was this one. And then, uh, of course, uh, the various uh, spectrums. Uh, I had uh, uh, the Spectrum 1648. I didn't uh, have the Spectrum QL, 
uh, and then I had uh, the VIC-20 and then uh, I also had uh, the Commodore 64 and they were the same so I, I'm not showing them separately uh, the, all, the color I mean they, they look the same they were not the same they just looked the same and uh, uh, then I had the Amiga which was just an amazing computer it was really really ahead of its time uh, it had uh, multitasking overlapping windows stereo sound uh, sprite management uh, a gazillion colors um, it had an architecture that allowed the uh, uh, subsystems uh, to have different functions a GPU a sound chip um, and uh, I actually had uh, which I don't know how many people even understand what I'm talking about and apologies if I'm uh, I had the Amiga 2000 with the Janus board uh, and uh, and what was uh, interesting about it is that the Amiga 2000 looked like a regular PC but with the Janus board it became kind of a multi-processor host and you could run simultaneously tasks on the Amiga and then a separate operating system as it were on the Janus board which was uh, uh, an IBM PC compatible um, card that you would stick into the main computer and and then after that uh, I had uh, the first uh, Macintosh uh, neither of these the original Macintosh I had this one no not the classic doesn't want to come up there you go this is the one I had this one with the external floppy disk uh, reader actually I had the uh, uh, the one that uh, that was barely usable almost unusable because it was always asking you to swap floppies back and forth all right that was a fun question thank you Emiliano um, uh, Gio is commenting uh, from Romania that he built his own uh, computer in 87 which was a spectrum compatible wow uh, that is that is cool uh, and um, lots of questions I am so happy to see so many questions coming in uh, I will try to answer more rapidly so that uh, we can answer many questions um, Emiliano is asking did you stop shaving your beard uh, during the quarantine um, no um, I, I started I think in November uh, and uh, and I would use uh, a trimmer to keep it short and then I stopped and I don't know how long it will go my friend uh, uh, my friend uh, Aubrey Aubrey de Grey uh, has a fantastic beard uh, and uh, and uh, I don't know if uh, I will go as far as as having a beard uh, like this but I am having fun uh, keeping it for the moment so uh, uh, so there you go uh, so let's look at some other question um, 
Christopher Ruth is saying the whole world is on down right now. Isn't it just pure science fiction? It is just amazing. Um, Eda Fetahu, where where are you from, Eda? Um, I I love your question, and uh, I would love to to learn your current physical location as well as if it is different uh, where you were born. Um, so Edda thinks, uh, what is the future of the food sector uh, through technology? There are uh, a lot of uh, important implications in this question, uh, all wonderful ones, and they will deserve uh, episodes dedicated to them. I hope uh, that we will have, for example, uh, some of the pioneers of uh, uh, synthetic uh, meat uh, on uh, on the show. Uh, the ability to grow um, animal protein without the industrial process of uh, giving birth, growing and slaughtering uh, an entire animal. And uh, coupled that technology with hydroponics, LED lighting, and our ability to dig um, at a very much reduced cost, which the Boring Company is uh, now developing, is going to enable to uh, transform food production from a system that is uh, uh, that has an output proportional to the area available, like it is today, uh, with, of course, uh, our cattle occupying uh, a lot of um, fertile land because we grow corn to feed them or soy or whatever other animal feedstock. And, of course, we would like them to roam free, even if the end uh, we kill them and we eat them. But what is going to be possible is to actually have the food production to be proportional to the volume available. And that is uh, incredible because we will be able to give back to nature so much of the land today occupied by agriculture, and we will be able to grow extremely high quality, very high variety food in very close proximity to where it is consumed for example, in the basement of a New York skyscraper, or anyway, clo close to you. Now, these are just a, a couple of uh, hopefully stimulating uh, inputs uh, uh, to your question, Eda, that uh, requires uh, um, really more time, and, and we will dedicate it. Uh, Kaveri is uh, sending her greetings from India, uh, greetings back to you. Um, I, I love to see that uh, the time zones are not um, a limit to uh, what we can do because um, hopefully not uh, because Kaveris uh, cannot sleep but because she is uh, curious and uh, she wants to, to participate. Um, Let's look at uh, another question online, and then I will look at uh, the, uh, the tab with the questions uh, again. So, 
Davide Borra from Italy is asking, do you think uh, the metaverse uh, will be effective in, in the future? So um, I have uh, used uh, immersive um, immersive uh, virtual worlds which I don't like to call virtual because in my opinion physical and digital are both real so the term virtual worlds and virtual reality are perceived as being of second class rather than the physical world where we have evolved and we grew up right I don't believe it is second class. As a matter of fact, I believe that the future of the universe will potentially be dominated by the expression of realities that are different from the, from the physical one. Imagine just very simply when Apple or whoever else are going to successfully develop AR devices that will be as ubiquitous as smartphones today. That will imply a lot in the, in the physical world. For example, advertising um, will disappear. Uh, the, 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 the physical banners that you see today all over the cities or, or uh, along highways will disappear. There will be no need for them. It will be much more effective to display um, advertising in in any uh, augmented reality but at the same time if those are successful by definition all of us will experience the world in a way that those who don't have the augmented reality devices are unable to experience and if our value creation and value transfer and value multiplication is going to come from that kind of system the physical world will kind of disappear it will still be the support system for our physical bodies for a lot of infrastructure we will still need the sun to shine and to give us the energy it it generates but a lot of things will will change I love your questions and I'm very happy for the questions uh, uh, coming. Uh, thank you, Davide Bora, for, for this. Um, now, finishing, because I, I went off in a tangent talking about augmented reality, immersive virtual reality is going to be important not to reconstruct what does exist, but to give birth to things that cannot. Because to go in a virtual world and experience the same things that we can experience in the physical world as well is not going to be very exciting. Uh, my best uh, example is I want to uh, walk on Mars. I want to fly as a bird. I want to be... Um, you know, one of those creatures uh, that we see in the movie in Avatar. Those are the things, and of course, I am not excessively creative, so the examples may not even be appropriate, 
for everything we can do. But those are the things that I want to do in a VR world. I always choose a female avatar, for example, because I know how it is to be a male. I want to experience, you know, as little as that uh, gives me today, how it is to be a female. And going to uh, another question from Gio, how do you display the messages from Facebook as well as from Twitter and YouTube and the other systems uh, on the big screen? Well, uh, this is one of the features of uh, StreamYard.com, which is a platform that, uh, that I am using. I'm out of focus, by the way. Why am I out of focus? Sorry, it's not what you want. Oh, you see, I am now in focus. Um, so the platform that I'm using for streaming across the various uh, um, social media outlets is called StreamYard, and it uh, allows me not to go crazy because I see all the, um, all the comments in, uh, uh, in just one window without having to jump from one to another uh, and uh, it is not perfect. So, for example, I am seeing uh, my uh, uh, Facebook page comments, but not my Facebook account comments, or vice versa. I am checking now in in, in real time, which is uh, which is the uh, the the right uh, the right thing. Yes, uh, I am seeing the Facebook. Uh, uh, the Facebook account comments. So let me go to the Facebook page and see if uh, uh, I I can uh, see the Facebook page comments. Oh yeah, all right, sorry. I'm so happy. Uh, for some reason I was under the impression that I could only see one and not the other. So um, Edda, in the meantime, is uh, saying that she is uh, half Albanian, half Bosnian, living in Italy uh, right now. Uh, and uh, she um, uh, says that she would love to keep uh, the, the, the discussion or continue the discussion about uh, the future of food, and I will be very happy to. Um, David is commenting on the fact that Jaron Lanier uh, in uh, was speaking in uh, about VR. Well, I don't think it was '69. Jaron, Jaron was probably in 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 uh, not even high school in '69. Uh, he was probably in middle school. Uh, but uh, but yes, Jaron uh, was. Um, we we worked uh, together. Uh, in uh, in the uh, late 80s, uh, when um, VPL Research was the pioneer of uh, virtual reality with the data glove, with fiber optics, um, and uh, certainly the data glove was was a fantastic device. Uh, David is correcting 74, still a bit too early, but you know I don't know. Um, Okay, so let's go to um, the 
questions on uh, the uh, website. Let me refresh and then uh, share it with you. In there you go. So the first question uh, that bubbles up in in uh, based on the votes is how do you decide what to learn? Well, I am very curious. Uh, I'm an omnivore, uh, both uh, in terms of biological food as well as brain food. And uh, so I like to go uh, breadth first, right? Uh, depth first or breadth first uh, are two search algorithms. There are many, many others, and they can be appropriate to give the optimal results uh, in um, various uh, circumstances. And going depth first basically means that you decide and, and you go deep in something. Uh, in the analogy of knowledge accumulation, you would say you... Um, Let me see if it comes up because I wrote about this some time ago. Um, okay, yeah, this this could be it. Uh, let me let me visit the the page actually. So uh, the the beautiful documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which I highly recommend tells the story of this sushi chef who uh, decided when he was 12 or 13 years old that all he wanted to do was to make sushi. And today he has um, a Michelin-starred restaurant uh, in Tokyo, actually in an underground station, where uh, having a dinner... Uh, needs a two-year reservation and costs um, four or five hundred dollars. But Jiro is there every day and when he ends the day he wants to be ready next day to do a better sushi than the day before. So I would say that his successful search strategy for what to learn was depth first. We don't know what he dreamed of before deciding that it was sushi, but after finding sushi, he just kept sushi. Now, there are other strategies as well. So, another wonderful person uh, uh, who is Richard Saul Vorman, the founder of the TED conference, that was uh, um, then sold uh, to Chris Anderson, uh, the current uh, di director, and then uh, uh, through Lara Stein um, gave birth uh, to TEDx, uh, the licensed format that is now all over the world. Well, Richard says that his strategy is not depth first that goes through specialization, but it is breadth first across different fields where you can go deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper 
until you find what you are looking for. And uh, this cross-fertilization, I think, is an evolutionary adaptive strategy where Richard actually says he's toppling silos. He wants to allow people to derive not only enjoyment, but also value from the specializations that uh, are all over. So, to go back to the question, the way that I decide uh, what to learn uh, is to allow myself to be cross-fertilized by different opportunities and then grab one or the other, either because some person uh, presents it to me and, and I realize that it is, it is important in that moment or some other circumstance. So, for example, I did my first live stream uh, 13 years ago, right? And then I did two days live stream 10 years ago. Uh, two days uh, for eight hours um, uh, each day. Um, it was for, for a conference that I, I organized together with Alex Lightman and, uh, and my son Cosimo um, was responsible for the streaming. And then I knew I would stream, live stream, but I didn't bother insisting on why I wasn't doing it and should I doing it. I trusted that when the moment came, I would. And that is what I am doing right now. So the second question, uh, and I mean the first three, as you see, because we don't have a gazillion votes. Uh, um, each of the questions received. And thank you, because, you know, you did this just a few minutes ago. So wonderful participation. I greatly appreciate it. Anyway, the question is, when will human-level AI uh, be possible? Now, let me tell you, human-level AI is already around us. Actually, superhuman AI is already around us. Superhuman AI doesn't even need what you would call AI because our calculators, our pocket calculators, are superhuman with regards to arithmetic. We can not uh, rely uh, on our memory to do arithmetic and pretend to beat a pocket calculator. And there are an ever-growing number of activities that are done better by our software and hardware machines, whether analog or digital, than a mere unaided human can. Cars run better than humans, and I tell you, airplanes fly much better than humans, right? So the question is really, when are we going to get artificial general intelligence, which is a machine that learns to learn to learn? And we are getting very close. We are getting there faster than even specialists have expected. Ray Kurzweil, for example, is revising the original date. He said, 
2035 originally for the first AGI and 2045 for that to be a thousand dollars in cost. So let's say a billion dollars in 2035 and then a thousand dollars that everybody can afford in 2045. But he has revised that to 2028. So Ray Kurzweil, one of the most respected um, and, and most popular people who think about this question deeply is saying, I thought it would be 2035, but now I think it's 2028. And I call that revision due to the new paradigm of jolting technologies, technologies whose rate of acceleration is increasing, and artificial intelligence is one of those, where the mere exponential is not enough to understand them. Um, so, uh, Alex Lightman uh, from California is commenting uh, that uh, we are getting to the uh, 10th anniversary of uh, the H Plus Summit. And, Alex, I want you uh, on the show as a guest, uh, if you can join me, to comment on these past 10 years and look 10 years ahead. And then have on the show other guests uh, as well. Uh, who were speakers then uh, and uh, can can join again to comment on our science fiction world because we are living in a science fiction world. Uh, Alex is also asking what is the technology setup that uh, uh, I am using and uh, 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 well uh, there's a lot of stuff right uh, a green screen uh, uh, a MacBook Pro uh, a semi-pro webcam, um, a semi-pro microphone, um, lights that make sure that the green screen is, is not overtaxing the CPU, uh, an LED floodlight in front of me so that uh, my face is also nicely illuminated, and then of course the software stack uh, that uh, allows me to do the things that I'm doing relatively fluidly while I'm speaking to you, as well as uh, to uh, do um, other things like uh, streaming on all the platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and so on. So let's go to the next uh, question on, on the list. Uh, how do you not succumb to the information overload? Well, Thank you for the trust. You expect that I don't, but you don't know if I do. So let me tell you, I definitely uh, succumb to information overload. Um, I can illustrate that very easily. All the books that you see, I haven't read them all. Now, are these books an unending source of inspiration? Absolutely. Am I happy to have invested the capital I have for physically owning them? Yes. Are electronic books superior in many ways, even though you cannot smell them, 
you cannot uh, touch them, you cannot have these beautiful multicolored displays. Yes, they are. And I am buying physical books still. I love gifting physical books, but I am buying probably 90% of my books in electronic form now, where I am expecting the copyright system to be reformed so that the cross-referencing can work much better, and where I know that the note-taking and footnoting and other things that we can do on the electronic format uh, are not logged in the proprietary system, but can be transported because I owe, own those notes, and I want to be able to, to bring them with me. Uh, Alex is insisting. Three question marks at the end of the question. What software? So, Alex, uh, I am happy to tell you, for example, StreamYard, uh, and um, uh, let me actually grab uh, the referral code. Uh, because these uh, nice people at StreamYard um, give you money uh, if you give them money, meaning that uh, you can uh, use your invite link to, um, to, to sign up. And uh, if, you, if you do... Oh, my God, this is too long. Sorry, this is not going to work. <laughs> uh, I uh, okay. Why don't I create a Bitly quickly? Uh, this is silly. Um, okay, let me do not that. Ah, anyway, it's a few dollars. I will create a Bitly so that rather than showing this silly thing, I can show a short one. Or actually, uh, the nice guys at Streamyard and we should uh, tweet at them, should create slash David Orban. And then you go there, you sign up, and uh, you get uh, the goodie from uh, the referral. Right? That is how it should work. Uh, and and uh, Alex, uh, back to your question, there are uh, other uh, pieces of software as well, but this is the main one, really. I use Zoom, I use Restream.io, and from time to time, one or the other can be more convenient. But for the moment, StreamYard is really a, a very good, um, a very good thing. And you have to pay to get uh, all the things that I am, uh, I am doing. Um, Mac Fabio Macchitella is uh, saying, Paulino Sebastian Loyola Castillo, and then Robert. Croissant robot. Fascinating. Um, so, the, the questions, right? We were at the questions. Let's get a new one. Um, oh, I didn't finish the overload, right? Because the overload... <clears throat> so, so, the uh, ebooks and correlating your notes on the ebooks is just an example. You have to keep exploring tools that enable you to correlate information. Having information is meaningless. Managing information is necessary. Learning to learn to learn how to do that is what matters. And, and, and let me, um, let me um, uh, tell you what I mean by learning to learn to learn, okay? 
here it is. And uh, we had an episode with Roman Jampolski about AI. I should do a highlight where we talk about this. When Big Blue uh, beat Kasparov playing chess, and Big Blue was a machine by IBM, he couldn't learn. It couldn't learn. Big Blue was taught how to play chess, and it wasn't able to do anything about it. Either it was playing well, or it was not. But the feedback loop was very slow through the IBM programmers, their brains, their eyes, their brains, their fingers on the keyboard, changing the way that Big Blue would play chess. Very slow feedback loop. AlphaGo from Google, 20 years later, uh, a bit more, rather than being taught how to play Go, learned how to play Go. And it was able to look at all the games that humans played, digest those games, and learn how to play Go so well that it was able to beat the world champion of Go, Lisa Dole. And that was a watershed. But, and this is important, Google didn't stop. And Google created a new version called AlphaGo Zero that did not rely on the human uh, examples of all the games in databases. It would be able to learn just based on the rules. And playing against itself, it would be able to evaluate the strategies that it was building and it was faster, it uh, used less resources, and it beat not only uh, itself, not only thousands of human players, but it beat AlphaGo as well. And that was AlphaGo Zero that was able to learn to learn rather than just learn, right? But Google didn't stop there. Google then went on and created AlphaZero. And AlphaZero was able to apply this approach not only to Go, but also to chess and also to Shoju, a third game, different but similar. So AlphaZero did this even faster with even fewer resources and beat AlphaGo Zero and AlphaGo. AlphaZero was able to learn, to learn, to learn. Now, what AlphaZero still cannot do, and it is the next challenge, is to move one piece of knowledge in a given domain to another domain, to generalize and say, wow, the way I learn from books, the strategies of learning from books applies to the strategies for learning from movies. 
And why don't I transpose that? So as you manage information overload, don't worry about pieces of data that go by. Concentrate on strategies. Concentrate on the ability of learning to learn to learn. Let's go to the next question. Um, is it true that you have a chip in your hand and what can you do with it? Yes, it is. Um, I, I can't show it to you really because it is under my skin. And what I do at conferences typically after I gave a speech is to let people touch it because you can feel it. And the chip can do very, very little. You can do much more with your phone than not with the chip. The only advantage is that you can lose the phone and unless somebody carves it out of you out of the skin, um, not, nothing much, right? Even though uh, there are new versions, for example, and if you want to uh, get one, you go to dangerousthings.com. And dangerousthings.com will be happy to sell you a kit. And then you can either self-inject or you can go uh, to a, a piercing studio where a piercing artist will be happy to inject it into you. Um, and the, the guy who did it to me said that his clientele was very upset that he was doing this. They were saying, yes, tattoos and branding and piercings and, and body modification. Chips under the skin? That's too weird. We don't want to go there and we want to have nothing to do with somebody like you and your studio because you went overboard. And that is an example of a reaction of a human to jolting technologies, right? You can get acquainted with going with an airplane rather than with a car. You can get acquainted to using a smartphone instead of uh, a traditional uh, non-smartphone. But your adaptability has limits. And this is an example that for many people is beyond the limits of their adaptability. And when at conferences I ask people, here is the chip that I spoke about and you can feel it under uh, my skin uh, of, of the hand, they refuse to want to touch it. They prefer not to believe. They prefer not to verify. They prefer their cozy reality, which may be an ever-shrinking domain of a larger reality that we are building and you are building. And of course, that is what is happening with governments in times of uh, COVID. Um, Because even though they are seeing the examples of what to do or what not to do, and they are told this is going to be a wave that takes away all your certainties, 
they still cannot do the right thing or they do it uh, too late. Um, Emiliano is asking another question. Will AI take over humans and, and, and when it is going to happen? So, so the, the, the question there is, of course, very important. And uh, we will dedicate uh, uh, many episodes to, to this. But just to, to give you a short answer, the answer is humans will merge with machines in order to together swarm out in the universe and explore with amazement and awe the incredible beauty and adventures that await us. Um, our teenage science fiction dreams of meat in a tin can flying among the stars is beautiful and naive and it is never going to happen. Even Mars is so hostile that it will take a hundred times the effort or a thousand times the effort that Elon Musk currently tells us it is going to take in order to be able to colonize Mars. Are we going to? Oh yeah, it is necessary that we do. But uh, it will be probably the last effort that we can believe to, to do, not even um, uh, the, the, the colonization of the asteroid belt is compatible with human biology. And um, it is uh, going to be so much easier to just become machines. And yeah, it is going to be all right because uh, we will evolve whatever limits of adaptability we suffer from and under today, we will be able to overcome that because those of us who will are going to be the ones to uh, live among the stars. And, uh, and Neuralink uh, is closed. I mean, uh, next uh, 20 years, okay. Uh, of course, uh, in, in, in biological terms, uh, it, is, it is very close. Uh, you know, uh, biology didn't feel the need to invent telepathy, but we are, right? And, and uh, not in the course of millions of years, but in the course after inventing the concept to actually making it just a few hundred years. So, um, what should businesses do with COVID-19? Well, there are wonderful um, opportunities that COVID-19 presents. And Max Tube Broad says, Hi, David. I would love to hear from Max Tube Broad, but I'm afraid it's a bot. Let's see. Max Tube Broad, if you are not a bot, ask a meaningful question. All right. I, I, I don't mind bots, right? Bots have rights. Bots should have rights. We should make sure that we understand how to manage 
robot writes before they even ask and start endowing them with rights and design a society that can accommodate robots because if we wait until they start asking and we don't think ahead that will be another jolting moment so covid 19 presents incredible opportunities in the past wars were the destructive force that created the empty field for new solutions to take root when the time came revolutions were bloody and killed millions of people so every family suffering the loss of a family member every friend mourning the death of a friend is terrible and isn't it amazing that we care care enough that we are doing everything we can against the enemy that we can unite that that unites us right not the alien from the stars the alien from within the alien that uh, was not unexpected but we were unprepared and now we are getting ready and also an alien that is creating a field of open opportunities that is pushing me to do these live streams that is pushing you to ask your wonderful questions that is pushing us uh, to really um, make it happen um, there are other questions that are important <laughs> I love I love what is your mission exactly right no what is your mission what is your mission exactly and I already see what is the difference between the questions that are coming in from the comments and the questions that are voted upon on the platform that I themselves I myself uh, wanted and provided right very very interesting differences did you realize the questions on the platform are anonymous which is fine i mean we didn't get any question that was inappropriate i am not popular enough to attract trolls yet but i wouldn't mind to, to be able to address the person who wants to know what is my mission exactly I have many missions right one of the important missions uh, is to understand how technology co-evolves with humanity and what does it mean for society and you can go to the website of network society that I created as an organization now a group of different organizations uh, advisory investing consulting um, 
media and, and learning. We don't call it education. Because I believe that current technologies are leading towards decentralization and new, more resilient and robust social structures will emerge that will outcompete the nation states. And we will realize that our global challenges like climate change, pandemics, um, preventing uh, an asteroid killing us or thermonuclear war or so many of the real objectives to build a society of abundance, inclusion, emancipation and empowerment in the 21st century cannot be answered with the social infrastructure of the 20th century that is an important part of my mission that I am exploring together with you. We will go back to these questions and many others. I want to greatly thank you for uh, this fun hour we spent together. And um, we will do other AMAs. Um, and uh, we will go back to some of the questions. Please keep me, hold me, accountable so that uh, any question that hasn't been answered on today's AMA uh, will be answered. Searching for the question live uh, streams uh, daily, uh, I uh, invite you to come and visit davidorban.com slash sftql uh, to learn more about it. Also to join our Discord server watch the previous episodes uh, where you can learn uh, more about uh, the themes that uh, that we cover for example for alex lightman if if he's still watching uh, we dedicated several episodes to uh, the uh, various software and hardware tools in and uh, you are also welcome to sign up on my newsletter. Uh, I will tell you on a weekly basis the things that I am doing and I am passionate about. And uh, finally, uh, if you feel uh, so inclined because uh, you are enjoying uh, the things that I am doing, you are welcome to support the show uh, on uh, Patreon, going to patreon.com slash David Orban. So thank you again and uh, I will uh, see you tomorrow.